the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Thompson. This is the Liberty Hour, each and every Sunday night, now, 7 to 9. Give us a call if you care to participate in the show. And I will tell you something, I'm looking at this and... Buddha Judge is out. Buddha Gig uh, is uh, what's the girl? Uh, Edward G. Robinson. What's her name? Klobuchar. Is Klobuchar still in? Yeah, Amy Klobuchar. Klobuchar I believe she's still, still in. I believe she is. Uh, who else dropped out? Tom Steyer boogied his way right out of Dodge. One. That's, that's sad. One video of him trying to do the funky town dance. Did that's, you see? Uh, it? Yeah, he was uh, going to back that as up. It's ACC. That was great. Uh, so far, among, somehow I think he might have been out of his element slightly on that one. So far, among one of my favorite campaign uh, little moments. But I will say this: as I was driving in, and we're listening to the, you know, I watch TV as I drive in, and I'm watching the morning shows, and they're so excited about how Joe Biden has been invigorated. Yeah. Well, they weren't excited about Sanders, <laughs> or the Sanders the second time, or Sanders the third time, but now Joe Biden. No, yeah. that's that's exciting. I'll tell you how disgusting. They are so desperate to keep Sanders out of that nomination. This is why I hold absolute contempt for a vast majority of citizens in this country, because I'm going to tell you why. South Carolina, there's a guy by the name of James Clyburn. He is, I would say, South Carolina's version of Mike Madigan. I don't know if you know about this caballero, but this guy is quite the scumbag. No, known for massive, massive lobbyist contributions kickback schemes. In fact, after TARP, he was investigated for a financial boondoggle in a housing market where he just laid on the side for $7.6 million to a contractor that was just licensed and may have been related to him. So this is the kind of area we're talking about. And you know, Macbeth, it brings me to um, my own little growing up. As you know, I grew up in, in, in this area. I grew up in Melrose Park, and, and then I loved it. And I grew up in what was the finest friends to this day. Guys I haven't seen for 30 years when you're from my old neighborhood and you see them. It's like you're related. I mean, I can't tell you how wonderful it was. But it was also really, really shady as a willow tree as far as Democrat voting, skullduggery and scams and fraud. Now, listen, I say this with love, but make no mistake about it. It's a scam. And I'll tell you what. Right now, there's a state representative by the name of Kathleen Willis. Do you know who she is? Don't worry. Uh, yeah, she's my representative. Nobody knows who she is. Aside from being a, a donut connoisseur 
if you take one look at her. Aside from that, she's nothing but a sycophant to the corruption that is the Democrat mafia we all know exists, yet somehow wins votes. Now, how does it win votes? Well, it wins votes in the same way Joe Biden won South Carolina. Now, I find it sickening that it's the year 2020 and we still act like it's 1953 and no one can think because they don't have the information. Now, we know that the way that the Democrat mafia thrives and exists in Chicago, Illinois, is because it is corrupt. Simple. It's that simple. The workers that work for the state, that have the clout, that need the guarantee, they bring in every nitwit wino that's related to them, and they vote the way they tell them to vote. And that's just the game. That's how it's played. So to pretend that Joe Biden won South Carolina because he's down with the homies, that's not the case. Joe Biden won South Carolina because the corrupt scumbag, Clyborne, enlightened his, his corruption, his, his own little mafia family of the Democrat mafia, and told them to vote for Joe Biden. It's that simple. You want to benefit from the federal bacon Clyburn keeps bringing home? Then you'll pull the lever for who I tell you to pull it for. And that's the only reason this delusional, dim-witted, half-alive, walking punchline won South Carolina. My buddy Jim Clyburn, you brought me back. It's a man of enormous integrity. Yeah, sure he is. He has enormous integrity in the same way Mike Madigan does. And the same way those corrupt, fraudulent, Southside scumbags who have voted for him to get their little city job and their mystical, magical pension have integrity. That's the same integrity. And I got news for you. That's the integrity that is the Democrat Party base. And you know it. Don't pretend you don't know it. I am so sick of people not discussing it, whether it's those wide-hipped investigative reporters like Chuck Gowdy or any other political pundit that doesn't have the courage to say what this is. This is bought for corruption voting. That's all it is. That's all the Democrats are, aside from those who want to profit in the future, the kind with the phony baloney companies and green energy movements that they're all licking their chops to get back in the powers that be. So, unfortunately, that's what the Democrat Party has allowed itself to be, has, uh, has thrived and profited from. Otherwise, no one can explain how some penny-ante congressman has a war chest in the tens of millions every year. The money that Clyborne raises isn't because they like him, they're kickbacks. In the same way, all of my old pals who I love, Voted for Kathleen Willis. Because I could tell you right now, nobody I ever even talked to voted for Kathleen Willis because they thought she was a good representative. They liked the scam and they wanted in on it. That's it. Now, I still love them, but don't tell me you voted for her because you like her. And that is what we in Chicago, Illinois, and Cook County, we're just used to it. But now you're seeing we're not alone. And there's these corrupt little districts throughout the country, and that's what we're combating. Now, my argument is, please let's not cozy up with it and model it like we've done so many times as I watch the phony celebration of CPAC. You know, that, that irritates me, McBob. 
irritates me to know. And I got, I got a lot of people from the show who I like and they like me and they send me these things. We're inviting you to CPAC. Oh, which CPAC? The one that with open arms chanted of the, of the uh, uh, conservative bona fides of Mitt Romney? That's CPAC? Or the one that, that had Paul Ryan as a speaker? He's going to be great. See, it is so wrapped in hypocrisy, I can't deal with it anymore, Macbeth. Yeah. I'm getting too old. The last time I saw a CPAC that wasn't like that was, um, I don't know, it was probably 2012. And um, it was it was 2012 rushed. was the Mitt Romney one. Well, but it was Rush Limbaugh who had gotten up to speak at CPAC. It's not something he usually did. And yeah. he got up and he talked about how conservatism is to care for people. And it was a genuinely, it was a very an, a non-Rush-type speech. And... Uh, it really was like it could have been written by uh, by Reagan or something. You know, it, it, it just it was very eloquent and it was very to the point. And I've never heard anybody really uh, well, say that any better. We, and I'm not a big Rush fan. No, I, I, I listen. I, I give him credit where credits due. I'm, I'm not a, f- a fan of anybody. I like when they say something that I think is is relevant and intelligent yeah. and and you and I in share principles. a healthy dislike of people. Sure. For instance, you know, everybody goes, are you going to talk about the coronavirus? Am I going to talk about the coronavirus? First of all, did Why? you, did you, you read have the, it? Did you read the thing? 38% of Americans. Did you see this? 38% of Americans refuse to drink Corona beer because of the coronavirus. So well, that's why we I'm need going to tell you what. I'm rooting for the pandemic because until it gets to yeah. 39%, I'm not going to get too nervous. Well, here's you look the, how stupid everyone is. Here's our, our coronavirus segment. All right. Hey, Sean, do you have the coronavirus? No. Me neither. All right. Moving on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There. We talked about coronavirus. So, at a You know how many people point, die of the flu every year? I hate You know how many people die of slipping on, 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 a, on a set of the Jacks game? You remember Jacks? Yeah. You know how many people <laughs> die because of Obamacare? You want to talk about a virus? The virus that's threatening this country is the virus of socialism and the idiots that don't know how to identify it and pretend to be conservatives. Because here's where I draw the line. You know why I don't go to CPAC and all that nonsense and participate? Because at CPAC, this is where they discuss family leave and vouchers for Republicans forced into Obamacare rather than fighting it. This is where on Friday, when Powell says the Federal Reserve will do what it has to do to keep the market where it needs to be. And the conservatives say good. See, so I watched in my lifetime as liberal, the word liberal was used as a Trojan horse for American communists and socialists. And now I am watching as the word conservative is used as a Trojan horse for socialists. Because that's what I see. Now, and once again, let me be very clear. I will definitely support Donald Trump in comparison to who he's running against, but because he's a better choice, a better managed, but with the same problem. 312-642-5600. You can all tell me how I'm not conservative and throw me out of the party. Thank you. You're going to get used to wearing them chains after a while, Luke. Don't you never stop listening to them clinking. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Everybody All those you've been knocked down, counted out, left behind, this is your campaign. Just days ago, the press and the pundits have declared this candidacy dead. Now, thanks to all of you, 
the heart of the Democratic Party. We just won and we've won big because of you. It's nauseating and only somebody who knows and welcomes the kind of corruption that he promises to continue would possibly support this guy. I mean that. Well, that and that dig right there, that was the dig at Sanders. When he talks about the heart of the Democratic Party, you've delivered big tonight. He's saying that, you know, we, we, we don't need that sort of silly fringe. Which to me is, <laughs> is laughable because here's the thing. They need everything they can get. The one thing I'll say about the Sanders supporter, this is, this is a hardcore true believer in socialism. Standing on principle. They're demented principle, but principle. Correct. Versus the old-fashioned mafia Democrat that knows full well it's a scam that pretends to be a hybrid between a market system and corruption and just is okay with it. The union member, for example. That's, they're okay with it. They know it's a, it's a scam, but it's one that they can live with. And they welcome the corruption in it, which is why they do the same thing and, and, and vote for the same kind of leadership and the same thing. So to me, this is the election gods smiling on Trump. I mean that because Joe Biden doesn't stand a chance because the reality is the same people who won't drink a Corona beer because of the coronavirus are about the same amount of people that are in on the Democrat money laundering scheme. So 38% they're going to get because those are the people who benefit directly from the kind of corruption the American Democrat delivers. The rest of us who fund that corruption, we're the play. We're the ones that they go for. And no one is going to look at the two of them. Joe Biden is clearly suffering If it's not full-blown delusion or dementia, he's just suffering from old incompetence. And nothing was clearer than the interviews today. Yeah, I lean toward the latter, but but he says it himself, right? You're running for president, which is objectively a really stressful job. Doesn't matter who you are or how difficult you tear, how seriously you take it. That's a rough job, right? So he's on with Chris Wallace. You got to hear this. You're, you're really, really, really going to love this. Uh, hold on, i got to find it. And, uh, of course, it's going to take me a minute. That's all right, because sooner or later, people are going to catch on. I mean, everyone knows this. I'm thinking about the, the Democrat in South Carolina that voted because he was told to vote for him, and now this morning watches this. Yeah, this is great. Mr. Vice President, thank you. Thanks for your time. Please come back in less than 13 years, sir. Wallace. All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. Uh, it's Chris. I but mean, anyway, Chris. I just did Chris. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I just did Chuck. I tell you what, man, these are back to back. Anyway, no, it's I don't okay. Know how you do it early in the morning, too. You're Six, running Chuck, for Chuck, president. On the campaign trail. Thank you, sir. Shut up. You're running for president. Yeah. You don't know how Chris does it. Does it one day a week in the Chris morning? Wallace works one day a week. I, I don't know how you pull it off. I, I just did. I just did. I just did. He doesn't know which guy he just did. It's, um, it's like Freddie Mercury. It's something to, to hope for as, a, as somebody who needs Trump to win. Because I make no mistake about it, although there are many things in Trumponomics I, I truly identify correctly as a populist socialism. What's the option? But here's the other thing. Trump is the barrier yeah. that is stopping us yeah. from being subjected to yeah. the kind of incompetence and corruption Joe Biden has practiced for 45 years in politics. You know, I once had an ancient leather coat that I bought at a rummage sale for $5. It was, it was a very heavy, 
right? It sort of was a little bit too You're big. sure it wasn't a car cover that it you was made into a coat? slightly too big to fit me, so it okay. might have been. All right. Um, but I wore that when I did a lot of pipe cutting back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So you had the oil spraying out and stuff, and I would wear that. Now, that thing was smelled... Was the village people playing in the background? That thing smelled like, like a fishery. It smelled like wet dog. It smelled like oil. It smelled like BO. But you know what? It was really useful. Right, so you got you got basically that same situation now, where you're like, okay, Joe Biden I might not sm- this, smelly coat. This isn't maybe the coat that I want to wear, you know, out to dinner, but it is going to keep oil off my clothes. And and right now we're trying to keep the oil off our clothes. Yeah, and, we're, we're and, trying to keep you know this this country from being slid off a cliff. And you know, I've heard a lot of people recently who feel maybe this the way that I do about very specific policies suggest that the alternative is to support the Democrat candidate. And I am going to tell you what? something right. Oh, I am going to tell you something right now. That position is so irresponsible and so ridiculous that it, it, it loses any credibility by the person suggesting it, that the alternative, here's the alternative. It's what I did when Hillary Clinton was running against Donald Trump. I have a, a an inner, from growing up in these communities and these neighborhoods, I have a policy. I refuse to vote against myself. So what I do a lot is I don't vote or I write in not good enough. That's the alternative of a conscientious objection to voting, to being forced to vote against yourself. I think every election should come with a none of the above. And then if enough yeah. people, if you get a plurality of people that vote none of the above, you got to start over. But to hear Republicans that, that were advocating, oh, go vote for Bernie Sanders during the primary and crossover. I mean, I, I, it's bizarre world to me. Between that and Republicans that hate Trump so much, they say vote for Bernie. It's Are you that world. scared of Joe Biden or Elizabeth Warren that, that you really you really have to to engage Bernie's campaign to try to make them the Democratic nominee in order to ensure no, Trump's you, victory? I mean, what, what's, you've the, proved what's the theory there? Useful idiots aren't just for communists. All right, let's go to Verlan on the south side. What's up, kid? Hey, how's it going, Sean? I want to say congratulations oh. on the extra hour because you need oh. it. Yeah. You have so many intelligent things to say, an hour wasn't enough. Yeah, I think okay? so. I just, I just want to say I'm glad you came around just a little bit to my side because I do not want to crash and burn with one of these socialists getting into office. But that being said, I do want the nominee of their party to be Bernie Sanders because that'll be a true test of this country to see if we're still a capitalist country or if no, we no, move no. towards Brother, socialism. listen to me. You do not want that. The easiest opponent for, for, for Trump to beat is anybody but Bernie Sanders. Mm. I'm going to tell you right now, because Bernie Sanders brings an intangible that's never been brought to the table, and that is the young socialist. The young socialist... Wait, wait, wait. I got something for you. I was listening, and this is going to be a hard pill for you to swallow, but Ron Emanuel getting an interview with somebody on the radio today, and I listened to his interview. He did make some sense. The Democrat playbook that that he played with Bill Clinton, he he lost four states before he took off. And the, the playbook that they've been playing, they're working for so long. But you're going to bring this unknown category into the uh, conversation. Young people, that's not reliable. And then you're going to bring these uh, people that want freebie. But what about all the people, the moderates in, in between? They're not going to vote for somebody Berlin, that's that radical. Berlin, you know this. 
the moderates that you speak of are already socialists. They just don't admit it to themselves. So to to bring into the mix a populist socialist against a populist Fabian, that's going to be a close race. You want Trump to stand there against a weak, almost mentally ill Joe Biden or a weak, inept, unlikable Michael Bloomberg or a absolutely can't get a dog to lick her face if she had A1 on it, Elizabeth Warren. That's the ones where Trump wins in a landslide. I think Sanders is just as weak. Oh, I hope I hope you're I right. I think Sanders is just weak because here you are right. Here's the thing: you go to, you go through you get Super Tuesday in what a week and a half or whatever, right? or is that this coming Tuesday? Whatever. So you get Super Tuesday coming up. That's pretty much the point where you can tell you've either got one or two or one for each side, right? So now you've got nine months or so, about eight eight or nine months leading up to the to the almost said wedding, but leading up to the uh, yeah. to the election. That's a lot of time for people to suss out and do the math and all the different contra- uh, contradictory things that Bernie says. He's not going to have anything left in the tank in November. We all know one, That's my assessment. We all know one thing. Government does one thing from its failure. Profit. A massive amount of people, both old and young, have been exposed to the failure of government socialism. They are more apt to turn to it than away from it. He's promising a utopia, an altruistic paradise. You're going to be surprised how many people. Aren't you already? It is a movement already that is scaring the corrupt wing of the Democrats, also known as their base. Thank you very much, Verlon, for calling the show. 312-642-5600. We will be back after this. Tina, you fat lard, come get some dinner. Liberty Hour. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. This is the Liberty Hour each and every Sunday. I feel so relaxed. We've got... I know you're sitting in here 20 seconds before you're supposed to be in the air. The rest of the half hour and then the whole next hour, you've got time to get on the line. So let's go to John. I want you to take this for granted and get canned so bad. (laughs) John and Palatine, (laughs) thanks for calling the Liberty Hour for now. Hey Sean, uh, uh, good, good, uh, good, good uh, hearing from me, and uh, good on the two hours. But listen, uh, we should all have learned from uh, uh, from from our from our youth that everyone knows that they cannot invite a, a Dracula can't come into your house unless you invite him in. Yeah. And what the Democratic Party should have learned is that they should never even let Bernie Sanders run on their ticket. And the thing is, what scares the heck out of me is all of these millennials think that socialism is fantastic because they just think it's Denmark plus free college and free health care. So they think it's all rainbows and lollipops and and no drawbacks. But, you know, everybody's going to learn that standards and socialism, period, have to be stamped out like a cancer. Yeah, but John, John, what has the Republican Party done to stamp out? Socialism. You understand how much we practice? Listen, you know, it's funny. As we were, we were doing the show, we were doing the show last week. We were talking about the market. I mean, the whole damn thing is socialism. The whole damn thing, John. Look at, look at how politicians, Republican politicians, have bought our anger off after the implementation of Obamacare. How did they buy it off? Well, they, they gave us socialism, and we took it. Right now, CPEC is celebrating... 
CPAC celebrates the money to farmers. They don't even care that 80% of the farmers are corporations, and you're simply bailing out corporations. You're practicing socialism and calling it consumer. My, my problem, John, is we don't identify what it is anymore. In fact, we just want in on it, and that's the conservative party. So when I yeah, see the, 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 the... We don't have any choice, though. And, and you know, that leads me to your first point. The Democrats let in Bernie. Beware what you ask for, because the only way we're yeah. going to really change this is if the Republicans let in an outsider, which used to be a fundamentalist. Never forget Reagan and, and, and Goldwater and the disgust they were treated with by the Bushes and the rest of the establishment Republicans. So we need a, you know, I, I get people all the time. Don't you go on and think we need a third party? The monopoly is in place. They crush you. The corruption is systemic. So how do you do it? How do you you do it by what Bernie Sanders is doing, ironically, on the other side of the fence? His movement has been so undeniable that the Democrats, what are they going to say? No, don't let him in. He makes up a tremendous amount of support. Do you remember when it was him and Hillary? Those young kids, those intellectuals, socialists and Marxists, and the old communists were all in his corner. Hillary had nothing. Yeah, the, the best bet as Democrats is just to co-opt them when he, when he runs out. But in, that, in order for them to do that, though, they sort of have to fix it. Again. We need to identify the fact that a lot of what, what uh, uh, Peter Navarro and Steve Mnuchin and Donald Trump are doing, these are Democrat policies. And what we need to do if we're wow. gonna, if we're going to kick, Sean, it. you're like Nostradamus. Well, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I I don't know if he was like me. I got a lot of problems too, kid. Just ask the old lady. Thanks for calling the show, John. Haircuts the same. I appreciate. Yes, my hair. Uh huh. Um, so there's there's a lot of cleansing we need to do. But the thing is, watch on the other side because that movement that's happening, we need it to happen on the cons- on the actual conservative, not the fake conservatives at CPAC. But the actual one. You know what we need to do with CPEC? Reminds me years ago, you know, you know the show Car Talk on NPR? Yeah. It's Bob and Ray Marriott's. Is, uh, one of them passed away years ago, but it's a great show. I grew up listening to it. They had a bit on there where they were dropping vowels over Eastern Europe when the, when the Berlin Wall fell. Uh-huh. And they said they've we've got Poland and Estonia and all these countries that have the unpronounceable words and it's just all consonants. We need to drop vowels. So they're having this large airdrop of vowels. Uh-huh. We should maybe do the same thing with just leaflets that have the Webster's you know, definition of the word conservative on them and just drop it on CPAC. Well, CPAC to me is, is, is a collective. They're, they're not conservative. They're collectivists. Yeah. And that's what they're really celebrating. And, you know, you saw it this week. Well, insecurity saw, loves a group. As you saw the pinprick to the bubble that we're calling a market, and no one's really talking about that anymore. And nobody's talking about the Federal Reserve promising to quantitative ease as if they already haven't been for three months that we've talked about it on this show. In the repo market. That's, that's, that's socialism. Do you, I mean, you get it? They've turned banks, they've, they've used a collapse to profit, to eliminate all competition. They've embraced the collective bank and a system that corrupts it from the inside. You've turned banks into loan officers. You've monetized debt. And the conservatives celebrate it as a good economy. And they can't tell you why it is other than look at the market. The problem with that is, kid, they're going to be hoist by their own petard if this is more than just a 10% little blip. Well, the other problem with it is, is if the fact that they can't identify it now means they probably couldn't identify it before. So they were just yelling about something before, which they didn't understand, I, and now they're cheering for something which they don't understand. We got Mike on the line. It's the same thing. I want to take him, but I remind me to get back to 
my true we market got, uh, How we much got time seconds got? left. So Second, we, Mike, hang on, Mike. We'll, we'll grab Mike on the it's other my end. my fault. I was bloviating. 312-642-5600 if you want to go on after Mike. Thank you. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. I told you, Macbeth, you give us an extra hour. People will start calling. It gives them time to digest the topics, think about what they want to say. Because Sunday night, if you're not listening to the Liberty Hour, sucks. You're going to watch a bunch of guys in spandex chasing balls. It's ridiculous to me. All right, let's go to the line. Mike, thanks for calling the show. How are you? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. Thanks First for holding on. Fast, I, I'm with you. I hate having this binary choice between you know extreme socialism or a little bit less. But here's my question to you. I see so many of these young, you know, the... Generation X, Z, Millennials, whatever you call it, totally misguided in in what they're you know why they're following, et cetera. But here's the question: someone like Bernie Sanders, he's not stupid. I don't see him as misguided as some in the media cast him, but malevolent. He knows full well what he's doing and how destructive his policies are. And I find the same thing with people like Soros, you know, all these other guys. They know very well how destructive their policies are. So my question is, do you agree with that, number one? And two, you have to have a different strategy to confront them versus the misguided. The misguided people can basically be talked out of it or they grow old, they have kids, they start to come to their senses. But what do you do with the malevolent people who are clearly trying to destroy this this country and society as we know it? Listen, the plan between the Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks is, 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 has the same common denominator but different strategies. Bernie's more of a Menshevik. He he wanted to have it implemented over time, knowing full well that on its failure, their kingdom will be built, right? So the problem you have is these kids, the ones who are turning to socialism, they, all they know is that what they're living in isn't good enough for them. They don't have the, the, the gravitas to understand the problems we have are because of the socialism we've already mixed in. So they're just kids and they want to solve a problem. All kids share one thing. They want to fix things, whether it's between their mom and dad or whatever it is. It's their school. So they're apt to say, how can we fix it? Now, they trust somebody who looks like they have a plan. Nobody looks like he has a plan more than an old world Marxist. Their whole thing is a scheme, right? Bernie Sanders looks like he has a plan to make gold out of dirt. But Bernie Sanders is a true believer. So he's not selling you something he doesn't believe in like a Joe Biden. He's or or even to some extent like a Donald Trump. Yeah. He's really he really believes in it. So that kids pick up on that. Young people, old people, they pick up on his he's genuine. If you even hear people who criticize him, well he's genuine and and he is. He's a genuine Marxist. But the the, the problem is is that the kids are going to turn to their abuser. The old people, they're already used to it. You know, I, I, I see it all the time. The old people who say, oh, I'm not a socialist. Where the hell is my Social Security check? I better get a raise in my Social Security. They don't even know because they've collaborated with it so much. Well, and you see these things you know, on and Facebook. Look at, yeah. These memes, you know. Oh, that's not an entitlement. I worked and I paid for that. No. No. Once you get about a year and a half of Social Security benefits, you've eclipsed what you've paid into that system. And, Mike, you remember, most cases. you remember when the collapse happened and George Bush said, I have to break the rules of capitalism to save it? What he meant is, uh, what he meant was, I have to practice socialism. 
And that now is the precedent of all of our, our economy. Our entire economic system is built on fraudulent socialism being pumped in to look like growth. And that's the problem. And you know who cheers that, Mike? CPAC. Mike, thank you for having the call. How do you fix it? You identify it and you turn away from it. You want to fix these problems? They're simple. George, my phone is stuck. I can't hang up on Mike. They're simple to fix. Identify it and stop it. How do you stop it? To this day, does anyone know why individuals can't opt out of Social Security? Why can't you opt out? For the same reason you can't opt out of Obamacare. And why politicians like it is it makes them gods. Look at what we've become in 10 short years of Obamacare. They need you to be part of it in order to keep the scam going. They're that's, gods. That's how a Ponzi scheme works. We con- they constantly profit every election cycle. And in the meantime, where's it go? It gets stronger. And that's what both parties promise. It's a sad thing, but we can always stop it because we're the country built on the rejection of hundreds of years of socialism. So I don't get that negative, oh, what are we going to do? It's going to be, no, we may not see it in our lifetime, but it will stop because the only answer to everything is freedom. It's liberty. It's individuality. Nothing is about the individual anymore. Let's get Barter. Bart, thanks for calling the show. How are you, Bart? Hey, Daddy-O, how bad could I be? I'm having a double Chateau Fuente, and I'm talking to you. Say, there you go. If you're going to be a socialist, <laughs> do it in style, Bart. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. With the Bernie thing, I can kind of see it, but it's such a house of cards. You tell a 20-something, we're going to forgive all your student debt. And they go, yeah, I'll do that. But what? two things. Number one, he can't do it. Even if he got elected, he can't do it. Number two, though, what about the 24-year-olds who just got done paying off their student debt? You, they're they're going to feed on themselves. It's going to be a piranha the, pool. One thing we know, and you know this, Barry, you live in Chicago. One thing we know is the, yeah. the, the, the outcome isn't what they're concerned with. They don't care right. about the outcome. They don't care about the failures in the outcome. Well, they care about the outcome of an election. They don't care about, about the it. individual. It's like Stalin. What was Stalin? One murder is a tragedy. A million is a statistic. It's the same thing with these socialist policies. One business out of business is terrible. A million businesses out of business is great. More room for government. So, And then all the envy, too. The envy sure. that it's all built on is horrible. The covetousness. It's like, I don't care how much, I don't care how much money you know, Rupert Murdoch has. If I'm making more money, I'm happy. Bart, here's the other thing. Look at how comfortable, thank you, by the way, for calling the show. Look at how comfortable Republicans have become with that same philosophy. Listen to how we want to fix things by practicing the same kind of tweaking of an unjust system like the progressive tax system. We're happy if you just tweak it. If we were principled, we would demand that it's flat for everyone. That's the only way you fix things is with real growth. Government spending isn't growth. One day the CPACers will figure that out. 312-642-5600. I don't know what we're yelling about! This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. The Ring Doorbell, Macbeth. 
They're not a paid advertiser on this program. You like that thing, huh? Oh, I just, my brother-in-law bought so it So now the me. ring doorbell, that's where you, uh, somebody comes to your door, you put the videotape in, the girl crawls out of the well, and then you die <laughs> six days later, right? No, it's, it's all wireless. I installed it. You get it, you, you download the app. Every time. There's so a number of these things. Yeah, Amazon's the got one. Honeywell's got one. Amazon bought the ring for a billion dollars. Oh, is that they were the ones that did that? Billion dollars. And then uh, uh, there's a couple of other. Uh, but here's the thing. Sort of home automation. Nest has one. I get to yell at people through the ring. Yeah. So I yelled at a driver yesterday being home. Yeah. You know, he thought he'd get a little cocky with me. I ran out there. And then he just gave me the food. You know. Because I was there. Versus yelling when you're not there. I'm having a lot of fun with the ring. Yelling from Florida. I, I want to watch you yell at the wrong person. Oh, yeah. That's all right. It happens before. I want to just watch I didn't get you this nose reading books, kid. Get the life right. beaten out of you by some <laughs> random stranger. Phil, thanks for calling laughing. the Liberty Hour. How are you? All right. Hello? Hi, Phil. Phil's yeah, Sean, uh, look, at, uh, here's the thing that uh, no one's answering in the media, and I, I need an answer for this. Why are the Democrats not running Hillary Clinton? She already beat him. She is whether you agree with her or not, like her, she is qualified to be president. She was president of nobody for eight years. So they have something up their sleeve because they're not a lot, They're not going to let Bernie Sanders. Damn and they're, they're aware of Biden. He's not acceptable to run for president. So they have something up their sleeve at this convention. You could and, be right. And, and Phil, the, the, there's a lot of smart people who think they're going to stick her in there. You know? Well, good. The, only, the only reason I think she's not running, because I think they have to make amends with the, the Clintons and the Obamas. They hate each other. And who's running the party right now? Well, Ronald Emanuel jumped ship. He Phil, was president under Clinton, and he was president under Obama. And he's with the Obama camp right now. Here's the so problem. My philosophy, I think they're going to make a deal with uh, Hillary and Michelle. That's what I really believe. Oh, that'd be like the Cagney and Lacey of presidential candidates. You know, you know what happened with them. Anyway. Yeah, they went to You know, you store. know, yeah, sure. A lot of jello wrestling. Anyway, here's the thing, Phil. <laughs> they, uh... There, you got to remember something, and this is with Biden as well. You got forty years of scandals. I'm talking real, tangible paper trail scandals. Yeah, not gaffes. Not just gaffes. Not goofiness. This is fun for now, and that's why I want Biden to be the nominee. Because when people look into the brothers, the Biden brothers, you yeah. think the thing with his kid is bad. The brothers have been. Via proxy, benefiting from Joe Biden as a politician for 40 years. And we're yeah. not talking small money, kids. And that's standard operating procedure. And that's big. Huh. And Democrats, even the hardcore ones, I mean, you're always going to have the Democrats like the ones in South Carolina who vote the way they're told, and the ones like in Chicago, Cook County, Illinois, yeah. they vote the way they're told because they need their job. They're, that's 38 40% of them. But the other ones are going to be repulsed by that. Democrats aren't bad people. They're just wrong, just misguided. 40% of them are absolutely corrupt and would vote for a tomato can if it had a Democrat label on it. And that's the reality of it. So thank you, Phil, for calling the show. Can they run Hillary? Sure. They can run anything. And the reality is, can I take the call? No. All right. If you're on the line, stay on the line. We will get back to you. We have a, uh, a whole hour. Do you know I'm loving the hour? And remind me, when we get back, I'm going to explain to everybody how you know when the economy is really growing is when corporations and people pay down their debt, not take more. When they take more, it's not really a growth economy. And we are on the precipice to find out very shortly if this last four years and the last 10 years was actually real or whether it's fake. 
because it doesn't matter how small the pin is, anything can pop a BS bubble. And I'm worried about Corona proving to be more than a fly-by-night little recovery issue. It could be the, what brought the house of cards down. 312-642-5600. Hang in there, Edward. Right, Sean? Hang yeah. in there, Edward. Edward, I will take you first when we get back. Liberty in America is under assault. We no longer live in a reality that includes property rights. We're no longer the kings of our own castle. We no longer enjoy the true benefits of capitalism. Instead, we're negotiating our rights with our own government. This isn't how our country was founded. These aren't the ideas of our founders. It's time to seize back our country. This is the Liberty Hour, where these important issues will be discussed for the sake of America's future. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Constitution in the other, here's your host, Sean Sean from Elmwood Park. (laughs) All right, we promised, and you know, as a caller... We must show respect to the callers and yes. hold them through the break. Let's go right to Edward. Edward. Edward, thank you so much for calling. How are you? Thank you, Sean. It's good to hear your show again. Uh, I wanted to comment. I saw this article in uh, the Tribune, uh, Wisconsin Appeals Court mm-hmm. overturns uh, ruling on 200,000 uh, borders from the border rolls. Uh-huh. And also I, was, I was also hearing that people did not vote, especially like in Detroit, Michigan, they left blank the Clinton-Trump ballot yeah. option. Mm-hmm. You see that a problem in November, maybe? Huge problem. Huge problem. you got to remember, Edward, 50% of the country doesn't vote. Now, is it because they're stupid or they're smart? Right? At a, certain, at a certain point, Edward, you have to realize there is a certain futility in participating in a corrupt system. This is what I wrestle with myself. Well, it's also the possibility that somebody could fill that spot in for them. I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show. At a certain point, Edward, you have to realize if you are not in on this scheme, if you do not directly benefit, if you're not one of the 22 million people who work for the government, if you're not one of the the 51% of the country that has some sort of direct benefit from a government program, you're the victim of a mob that has been corrupted by its own greed. So are you going to vote, do the binary thing that was shoved down my throat last time, right? It's a binary choice. You heard that, Edward. You're about to hear it again. It's a binary yeah. choice. You got to do it. You got to. But do you say to yourself, okay, well, I guess I'll take the, the, the socialism light and I'll vote for it. However, during that time, during those four years, I'm going to subject myself to the same persecution, only maybe a little less of which are, it absolutely is far greater uh, a, a latitude of freedom under a Trump socialism, which is really Fabianism, versus the Leninist, which is the Democrat. Our side will spend less than the other side. You would think so. But if you look historically, yeah. it's the opposite. If you look historically through Republican administrations and Congresses, where the massive amount of money is spent, it's when the Republicans hold Congress. Never forget who really spends the money. It's the Congress. It's at least it's supposed to be. Presidents, okay. di- presidents direct it. But if you look at the massive explosion of spending from, from when Bush, the Republican Congress, spent tremendously. We threw them out then. The Democrats came in. Then Obama won. Our rejection of, of Obama was that we threw out the Democrat House. He only had two years of Democrats. 
So for six years under Obama, those were Republican congressmen that doubled the debt that we said we hated. Doubled it. And right now you're on massive spending, massive, massive infusion of, of, of all kinds of social programs, even talk of expanding more. And as it's an election year, you know they're not going to cut anything. So you know they're going to push infrastructure. And the Democrats wanted a trillion. Trump said, why stop there? We can get two. And that's the alternative. So, yeah, listen, is it going to be spent in a worse way or a better way is really the only discussion. I'd rather have Trump spend it on his nonsense than have the right. Democrats come in and spend it on global warming nonsense and pass massive laws that they use as weapons against us. So, yeah, the lesser of two evils is clearly the Republicans. Always has been. But the reality is what sets the precedent of massive bailouts, massive infusions into our economy, and massive targeted corporatism into only financial areas where uh, uh, financial banks get it and investment houses get it and phony loans get pointed. That's the Republicans. Our resistance to the Democrats is far more effective than what we do once we're in charge of things. And that's a sad statement, but it's a true statement, right? I mean, as you listen to what the Republicans, you listen to CPAC, who said a word about all of the nonsense that we've been told about the unemployment rate. They're only giving you the same corrupt U3 Obama gave you. How come the Republicans, who were, when Obama was in office, said, well, the U6 is the real number? They don't even talk about that. No Republican. Yeah, talks. you don't hear it anymore. Yeah. Right? Here, you've been shoving the fact that the stock market going up is growth, yet consumer credit, corporate credit, and national credit have never been at higher levels. In growth, historically, when you look at, at, at an economy, when the economy is truly growing and hot and making, people are paying down debt. This entire growth is based on the fact the administration and the powers that be forced banks and lending institution to loan more money, to push the rate lower. They're at a point now where you're an idiot if you don't borrow money. And that's what they're, they, they want to sell you confidence than a real good product. That's a scam. Populism, Edward, populism that, that I hear coast-to-coast hosts, who I once considered conservatives, and hosts that are local, talk about, I'm a populist and I'm proud. Populism is the conception of a socialist. Dewey was the original socialist who brought populism. That was the one who wanted to close off all kinds of production and only stoke what he thought were American companies. When the reality is, is Toyota a more American company than GM? When their manufacturing plants are here, when their cars are better, when they pay their people more who are productive and fire the ones who aren't? Or is GM, which we constantly bail out, which is the better American company? To me, it's very clear. Toyota is the better American company. How many millions and millions of Americas, uh, Americans work directly or indirectly for import-exporters? Are they American? Is that American business? Logistics is getting destroyed. Is that an American product? So the populist says they're going to promise you this same phony utopia. You hear it. Bring manufacturing jobs back to America. Well, what chased them out? Competition chase them out? Or the corruption between organized mafia labor unions and bad politicians like James Clyburn? What chased out manufacturing? You don't want to fix the problem. You just want to point at it and create more around it. You want to build on the problem rather than fix it. The reality and the sad thing is the American 
conservative doesn't have the will to do what needs to be done. He doesn't have the will to look at his old man and say, look, Dad, you didn't really, you don't, there's no such thing as Social Security. You don't deserve it. You didn't pay in what you thought you paid in. You got robbed. It's a sad thing, Dad. You got robbed. But let's get, let's fix it by ending it. So how do you end it? Let people get out of it. Where's the Republicans calling for, for the end of Social Security? Where's the Republicans calling for a flat tax so that every man is looked at equally and treated equally by his government? Not penalized if he's good at making money. Is the Republican conservative calling for that? Or is he calling for more of a manipulation for the middle class, which we've adopted the verbiage of the Marxist rather than correcting it? It's a sad day when conservatives are populists and their their rebuttal to socialism is more of it, only better management. So I'm not happy, but I'm, I'm unhappy from the principle fundamental of capitalism and liberty. The problem is, do I have to swallow the pill like Verlan and the rest of the Republicans want me to do and just say, OK, I got a it's a binary lesser of two evils. Or do I want to fix the trajectory? Well, my argument is you fix it from inside, not outside. So I'll do, you know, I'm going to be a Florida resident this time. It's not Cook County, Illinois, where it doesn't really matter if you vote Republican. I'll be voting in a state that's crucial and I'm going to vote for Trump. And then I'm going to argue about all of the things you and I talked about and all the things I do on this show for freedom and liberty and individuality. You know, Edward, there, what group are you in where someone's looking out for you? Are you in one? Is anybody in one? I know hundreds of black friends of mine, fr- guys, who, guys I've known all my life. Are they in a group where someone's looking out for them? No. They're held down by the same chains of tyranny that government uses on all races. We've just gotten used to it. And we pretend that they're looking out for us. Well, they'll let you be middle class. Don't you dare want to be better. Because you're going to need to be in on their scams. You're going to need their favoritism. You're going to need a lobbyist. The American conservative should be sickened by K Street. Not funding it. Not cheering for scumbags like uh, Roger Stone. And Manafort, oh, they're victims. No, they're scum that broke the system. Yet all the, all the American conservatives, you know, I think that Roger Stone got a raw deal. You know what he did? Because he should have been dragged into the Huskow 45 years ago when he was doing the same thing for torturers. So my problem is we're unmoored from fundamentals. And we're just a buoy, just floating down the river, hoping that the tide goes out. It's stupid to me. But, you know. Once again, I'm antisocial. Thank you, Edward, for calling the show. 312-642-5600. Get that out of your system. I feel good. Thank you. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Sean's currently making his way into the studio. He's almost there. He's almost Man, there. Did you stall for me a little there bit? There he is. All right, What's up, champ? You could turn your phone off if you like. That would be it nice. Was a, it was a Horshack clip because I was reflecting on the debates. Did you see the debate? I, I the, tried not to, but uh, unfortunately, I did Remember when work. Horshack wanted, to, wanted Mr. Cotter to call on him? That's yes. what the whole damn thing was. Yes. And ooh, I am, ooh, ooh, ooh. I hate Trump more. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm so glad to see Buddha uh, Judge out of there. Is and he out? Is he's he officially out. He dropped out. out. Officially okay. dropped out. All right. And you know, 
all I keep thinking about is the guy had a tremendous amount of money in his coffers. Yeah. And the scam of the system where he keeps it. Well, they made, yeah, well, of course. Of course. <laughs> okay, I've done the math they, and they I can a, live comfortably for years on this and call it a political thing. Just declared his candidacy and they made like this HBO documentary, Running with Pete, or something like that. Or wasn't there? No, no, that was Running with, that was Beto. He was out even earlier. Yeah. That was Beto O'Rourke. And running with Beto. The money. Yeah, of course they keep you the know, money. When you think about it, and 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 we're that's we're, usually where a lot of these. Uh, by the way, that's where a lot of these endorsements come about after primary season. Is oh well, this campaign has some debt, so this campaign's willing to pay off their debt in exchange for them saying scam. we support you. Yeah. What an absolute scam! Oh man, just rack up as many expenses as you can. You know, here we are in the real <laughs> world. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I mean, this is a part of my world. I, you know, I do the math. Yeah. When I'm stressed out, when I don't have a sale cooking, and I got to fund everything. I do the math, right? And I'm like, I've added up all of the premium costs since Obamacare has passed. Oh, no. And what that has done to my life. Can I take a guess? Oh, it's staggering. 200000 It's, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and, and you More? know. More? No, it, it, it's 212 Okay. You got to remember, close. it's 10 years. Yeah. Originally. Originally, yeah. I was paying five hundred and seventeen dollars. Works out to about thirteen fifty a month, and for a better plan, extra five hundred and seventeen dollars a month. I think it was. That's crazy. And immediately after Obamacare, it nine hundred. Yep. Then you know they grind you up. Yeah, it was the same story for us. We got priced out of our plan four years in a row, and that's just that. And then you think about all of the different ways in which your income is penalized. If oh, you, just, you know, even just stick with the with the health insurance, your your deductibles are higher, the coverage is lower, you can't see as many people. Yeah, but then think about, go up. think about us. And then you get into the other things in life. So then you have the tax brackets, right? Sure. You're penalized on tax Property brackets. Property taxes. Then you have the consumption taxes that we don't yeah. talk about. Right? The sales tax. And, yep. Gas right? tax. And the gas tax and all these taxes. And then you realize out of your dollar, what do you get? Don't forget the things and, that you don't notice when they raise them. Sure. Entertainment tax, tax on your phone it. bill, on your cable bill, on your Netflix. And these two-bit these politicians, these two-bit politicians, whether they're, they're aldermen in Chicago or whatever, they've got this fund, this funny money, where they can literally sell and prostitute their political power to raise money, and they don't pay anything on it. They pay nothing on it. And when they go out to dinner... It's not out of their pocket. It's out of the fund if they say they talked politics. Their cars, their lifestyle, their vacations. You know, this, 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 I was all aggravated about uh, James Coburn. You're all aggravated about everything else. No, but in South Carolina. And, yeah. and, and they're showing, and I look up, you know, I like to look up the political scandals yeah. over the past few years. So I'm looking at the political scandals of James Coburn. And it says that he spent at this country club in South Carolina $78,000 on a party and you on one read party. on a party and All you right. read further down and you realize he was only topped by Lindsey Graham. And you're like, are you no wonder they've got this Rube Goldberg system of, of politics because whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, boy, it's good to keep that trust fund. I can't remember who said it, but it was somebody, it was a Republican uh, years ago. It might've even been McCain. Um, who said it years ago, he said, I'm pretty sure there's four Lindsey Grahams and three of them are fundraising at any given time. Yes. And and that's, that's, that's sort of, Lindsey Graham has mastered, especially in the Carolinas, Lindsey Graham has mastered um, the art of, of doing your job and, and also sort of just running this fundraising empire. Yeah. Everybody, everybody who runs and wins in that state sort of does so with the blessing of him or Colburn or both.
But just think about the ability of this guy who was a mayor in one of those districts where a cell phone that said it was a Democrat would have won. Yeah. He wins. He's a mayor. Yeah. South Bend, Indiana. Mm -hmm. He declares he's running for president. He's having fundraisers hosted by billionaires. Where a lot of celebrity support. The money is just flowing in. And yep. here's the other thing. The PAC community, which is just an absolute bribery scheme. It is a money laundering, buying political power. They're not bound by anything. No. Now, I blame Republicans. They're, the, they're behind that, too. I blame everybody. Yeah, but yeah, let's blame everybody. And the just amounts of money that are set aside and impacts and committed, and then the companies that give. And now he says, I'm out. I don't like what I did. I'm out. Yeah. Who's going to get their money back? Nobody. And it's just his. And him and his, his, uh, his uh, husband, they get to decide how that money is spent. Yep. And in the meantime, as long as it's open, they can raise money for next cycle. Mm-hmm. Dude, what am I, an idiot for working? No, but what, are they, we, what are we, morons for working in be- the real world? To be fair, though, if they raise money for the next cycle and they roll it over, then they still have to abide by campaign finance law. So they're better off closing everything out and being done with it and then starting up new next time. Campaign finance law, that's almost as offensive as military intelligence to me. Yeah, well, military intelligence has the benefits, I think. Sure it does. Yeah, somebody explained to me a screwdriver that's 7,500. That's not military intelligence. Whatever. There's a shenanigans going on and we're paying for it, damn it. I think you'll find that quite a bit of that was, uh, you know, something where they had ordered 10,000 of them, and so they spent a bunch of money doing research and development to yeah, develop yeah. the perfect tool, and then the Army cut the order to, like, 500, so now all of a sudden you've got $1,000 screwdrivers. I think you'll find that that's and in the meantime, a lot of what Macbeth, our neighborhoods. Yeah. I know your neighborhood, you know my neighborhood, but it's, yes, it's all the neighborhoods. Yeah. As I drive to the studio and I see the massive, massive vacant commercial buildings, quite a but bit moreover, it. the individuals, as you watch these homes that were once worth 400,000, average homes, yeah. 400, 450, 375, and you look at them and you see that they're on the market for 190 days minimum, yeah. and their prices from that high are now trading at 290, and the sellers hope they get 290. And their taxes are ten thousand a year, and you know what? They still keep their money that they raised. Well, their incompetence dragged down all of the values of our property. Yeah. Well, the taxation of holding that property has tripled, and and their excuse is, eh, so what? Can I tell you something. Go ahead. I got a buddy out uh, lives out here in uh, South Barrington. Yeah, right. It's not uh, an exception. Nice area, but it's not exception. You know, mansions or anything like that. Built the house about, uh, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago for about $214,000, something like that, right? Uh-huh. The house is worth right now about $300,000. Ten years ago, it was worth, before the crash, it was worth six hundred. What's the that's, taxes? That's, 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 well, he's probably at 12000 a year. And so, you know, now you're at a point where, yeah, okay, maybe he missed an opportunity, but you can't call that taking a loss. You just missed an opportunity to get a huge gain. Okay, but now he's at a point where he's taking a loss because if you're paying those taxes every year, you go, oh well, the house is worth a hundred thousand more than he than he it cost him to build it. But but it didn't cost him that to build it. It cost him that plus another hundred and fifty thousand dollars to live in it for that twelve years because of the tax. And as you look at the failure that destroyed the value that increased the taxes, known as the Illinois Democrat Party, 
they've never been in a stronger position. Every district, there's going to be the election that comes up next month. Every, you know how many in, in Chicago, they don't even run Republicans? There's not even a Republican running, let alone one that thinks differently. And every single cycle for a hundred years, the Chicago Democrat walks in. And it's almost as if not only are they immune to taxes that the rest of us pay, they're immune to any consequences of that corruption and failure that brought us all into this position. And in the end, we eat the bill on the way in, on the way out, during the holding time. And, you know, it's funny. I had a guy in this store, and I'm looking at property in Lauderdale because, you know, I, I have an office in both coasts of Florida. I, I sell on both coasts of South Florida. And Fort Lauderdale is a fantastic little community in pockets. It's like everywhere else. But it, on the water, McBeth, you should have saw this place. And, you know, we're just looking on the computer. And I'm looking, it's $1.5 million. You know, I'm, I'm probably never going to live in a $1.5 million house. And I'm looking at the taxes on the $1.5 million house on the water in Fort Lauderdale. $2,800. I've got a foreclosure in Elmwood Park around the block from me. And the taxes are $10,000. And if you fall down in one of the rooms, you're going to hit your head on a wall. That's the cost of political corruption and failure. And you eat it. No one's looking out for the individual. You people better wake up. 312-642-5600. Now... Liberty R. Call Sean now at 312-642-5600. Dow Jones. Now, you remember last Sunday, Dow Jones was down 350, and we started to question it. We started to talk about the market. We started to talk about the fact that, boy, it would in order for us to really have growth, yeah. we're going to have to implement the ideas of, of actual capitalism instead of this mitigated scheme well do we though or do we just have to regulate the reactions of the market right because it seems like the market just sort of you know it's almost like um you know when my eight-year-old daughter's playing on my wife's phone and she's texting one of her friends or she's playing roblox or something and she's just sitting there and she's and then she hears something that piques her interest and she goes huh what what huh what well you know and And that's kind of what the markets seem to do you get okay we're going about our thing we're going about our thing we're going about what? Bernie Sanders might be the nominee. Sell, sell, sell. Well, this is the I mean, first it's just, time. I've been paying attention sure. to financial markets all my life. This yeah. is the first time in my life a financial market has become directly linked to a president. Directly yeah. linked. Yeah. Years ago, it was separate. And were there No, it's, it's varying with set? Tweet, yes. by tweet by tweet at this point. And um, that's not good. Because no, not at all. the reality is, he, he. I think he can still win if we enter what is a technical recession, when the fact of the matter is if you backed out of government spending in the economy, the GDP would be negative. Yeah. But if it, he can't, he can still win in an actual recession. If people aren't feeling be, it. Yeah. It's going to be harder to do than if he were, would have set the parameters and let actual freedom ring like uh, Republicans and conservatives are supposed to, because right now it's down three fifty seven, And uh, you know, that's a, that's, in percentage terms, not terrible because the market is so damn high. Um, 
but should it be? That's where the question comes in. And is it better? You know, this is a question for you guys. Uh, and I always would ask my friends this in strip yeah. joints. Is fake better than real? And the answer is no. I don't think so. No. See what I did there? I think in most cases, fake is not better than real. No. Yes. May look better. Not they necessarily. Pretend it's better. Well, better. okay, if, if you were a Madoff client, the fake looked better when you got your statement and it said you were making 8 to 10%. <laughs> right up until that you looked get your money. great until the point where the, you know, the Department of Justice is showing up and telling you you got to sell your car because they're trying to recoup lost funds. There's been an interesting thing that I've noticed for the last 24 months that I find shocking. Used mm-hmm. to be years ago, venture capitalists took companies that were small and just getting started and they would work with those companies, yeah. give them cash infusions, help them market, whatever the case is, to take them public. Sort of, yeah, put their right? hands in the dough a little bit. And That's then, the old venture capitalists. For yeah. the last two and a half to maybe five years. The only place years, you really kind of see that is like ABC shows now. Yeah. That one guy from Shark Tank that does the but whatever show he does. There's something telling the in profit. the fact that the last five years, ABC, venture capitalists have know. been taking public companies back to private. Yes. So... There's optimism in the in the macro picture. I, I really do believe we will correct our ills and work out of this. I do. Yeah. But I think it's going to take a intellectual awakening of exactly what is strength and what is good and what is government spending phony. Well, at least for people who consider themselves to be conservatives, it's also going to take a Democrat in the White House. Isn't that and, a shame? And the reason I say that is because you've got to stop rooting for your president like a sports team. You've got to start being objective and calling out this and calling out that. You know, you've got to actually, if she doesn't realize she's in the stream, she's just standing there staring at the... Yes, you know, yes. She's just Raquel for the next show. But uh, and it's it, you, you have to start calling things as you see them and not how you're told to see them. Because guess what? Your credibility is crap. And so the, yesterday I met the cigar store. And I'm a big advocate of streaming TV. I have Prime, Amazon Prime. And there is a documentary out, and it's brand new, and it's uh, called American Dharma, and it's Steve Bannon. Okay? Steve Bannon documentary, and it's... Karma or Dharma? Dharma. Dharma. Which I found an unusual title as he completely invoked it. This was his... It's a fascinating documentary. But the point of what I wanted to say is as I've watched conservatism become populism and i've watched radio hosts who i've had in the past tremendous respect for start to advocate for an american populism what it shows and what steve bannon admits to is that it is a scheme of experiment where a collective manage the economy nice try sean which is the exact opposite of what we as capitalists were about yeah And I'm nervous because here's the reality, and I will say it forever. I need Trump to win. I just also need him to correct himself, and I need him to turn over capitalism back to the people. Because if we're going to grow out of $23 trillion that no one talks about, you know, years ago at CPAC, they'd have the board up, and they'd have the debt. Only when Democrats are president, apparently. And they would have the spending, and they would have the deficit, and then they would have the market. You know what they had? Only until it started to collapse? Mm. The market. Yeah. And all of that talk was replaced by pictures of people hugging flags 
and by cherry-picked little statistics that they liked. Good statistics, by the way. Very good. I'm not taking anything away from the good things. I'm just looking to correct the bad things. And I'm wondering, can you fake it till you make it for nine months? It's a long time, baby. 312-642-5600. See you in Ukraine soon. You're listening to The Liberty Hour with Sean Thompson. Get on the line with Sean by calling 312-642-5600. So you know, as my want to do, I'm obsessed with news cycles all the time. I am watching the Drudge Report, dude. It's chaos. Every country. You know, the Pope's coughing. They're speculating he's got it. Italy. You know, I'm half Italian, as I like to remind you. Um, my daughter's school were, was having a trip to Italy canceled. You know, people are freaking out. Well, I get it. You know, if you were traveling to somewhere. Oh, I don't. I wouldn't want my daughter to go. She wasn't I going anyway, it. but I wouldn't want her to go. But at the same time, I'd be like, no, nah, I'll take the low rates. I'll take the free, you know. <laughs> I'm flying to Florida in a couple of weeks. It's got to be cheap. It's insanity. Yeah. I could fill my car up maybe once or twice. Yeah. Now, now's the time for that Hunang uh, vacation you've always wanted, Sean. It's terrible. I must be terrible. I'm rooting for the virus. I'm Let's go to Tom. Tom, thanks for calling the show, Tom. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm well. Uh, I just tuned in. so. Uh, oh, you missed I a hell of you. a show, Tom. Yeah, I was watching uh, Mabry. Don't yell at the my guests. Wife. Uh, I forgot. But, hey, anyway, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, I heard you uh, talk about the lack of coverage of the national debt. I heard you mention Steve Bannon. I heard you diss the uh, people at CPAC for going populist. <laughs> and uh, I just got to say, uh, bravo to what you're doing. But and just who did. You better be careful because the radio station you work for no. is the Armour Trump world. And no. I don't know if the bosses are listening. No, no man. You, you, dude, these people are wonderful to me. Yeah. You have honestly. Intellectual God, Tom, integrity actually holds value here. Wonderful to me. First of all, they don't necessarily. You know, I argue with Dan Proft. We argue. We're busted. Yeah. Listen, he's one of my closest friends. I love the guy. Well, Sean, we you also benefit from the fact that that no one here listens to you. Correct. Nobody's so, listening except yeah. Tom. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the people who really like, for instance, Tom, I was asked to go for lunch. This is a couple of years ago, a few years ago. I was asked to go for lunch, and it was by the guys who run this station. Two wonderful guys, and they're the ones that said, "We know your your views aren't." in a format that we can wrap our arms around, but we find them interesting. We find the, the way you present it intellectually stimulating. We'd like to have that conversation. So they're not going to come to me and say, hey, Sean, they have never, and I mean this, I think it's five years I've been with this company. They have not right. once ever told me what to talk about or what not to talk about. Yeah, I, I believe you, but I'll tell you what, pal, you'll never get a coast-to-coast no, game with I, if you do you that. You don't think I know that, brother? You don't think I know that? <laughs> Listen to me. You, you've been to my cigar store. I throw out more people than I welcome in. To be fair, I you've am never... a self-destructive son of a gun. But I'm going to tell you something, Tom. It's better to live on your feet than die on your knees. You've never gone after a sponsor. I think if you did that, that would probably be the only time that somebody was like, "Hey, I would shut never." Up. Yeah, I would never. Do I mean, that. I tell you to shut up all the time. First of all, I like just... the sponsors. I'm, I'm a little disheartened. I don't hear myself due to my pillow because I really like my pillow. The Giza sheets. You still throw out that Liberty uh, promo code. That's everyone's my. Saying. Oh yeah, I throw it out. I don't know if it works anymore. <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> Listen, Tom. Thanks, but I'm going to charge you, you more. You type in Liberty and they double your cost. Have faith, because you know what? <laughs> it's stations like this with leadership like this that are unafraid that are going to save us. Because in the end, we win. 
We yeah. win because Eventually, it's the right answer. Somewhere, the, right? the, the new idea is going to have to be heard somewhere first. And the funny thing is, the new idea is quite old. You know, we were to thank yeah. you, Tom, for calling the show. The funny thing is, uh, my brother-in-law is an interesting cat. I love him. To you death. told first, me about I him a number him. of times. Okay, yeah. we argue, but I love him. He's an old union president right. who is the biggest Trump supporter on the planet. Yeah. And we go back and forth on policy. So he's, we're talking about television shows. And he goes, you know, if you look at, uh, we're talking about everything from the, the advancement of, uh, you know, ancient aliens to, to Dr. Poole, you Jeez. know, just TV stuff. And he goes, you know, it's just fascinating to me. If you look at the last 150 years, the technology, the growth and wealth. And, and I kept saying, yeah, but why? And the only answer is the only thing that built us is capitalism and freedom. Not a scheme. We are well, it not. It depends on whether you believe in the ancient aliens or not. Well, that's a whole different thing. But we are not <laughs> a political system in America that was intended to be a scheme. Now, schemes have bastardized what this country and the the economics are. Yeah. But what built us is the freedom that we, you and you and myself and Tom and many other people and Dan Proft and and half Bart of the and Republicans and, everybody. Yeah. and half of the Republicans are aware of it's it's recognizing the enlightenment of the individual and stoking his liberty, freedom, and property rights. That's what it is. That's the only difference. Notice, sooner or later, people are going to understand that socialism has no property rights. Not in your life. Not in your actual property. Populism has a very narrow hallway of property rights, as long as you play in their room. And freedom begets creativity. Correct. So ultimately, when this... And I am I, I do not want the market to collapse. I do not want to go into a recession. No. But historically, we will go in another one. We're lined up for a correction, for sure. Ultimately, when we do that, maybe the, the intelligentsia, not Michael Bloomberg, but the real capitalists, us... Business people, small business, not in the political eye, will say, what the hell are you idiots doing? Here, you tried your collectivism. We let you try it. And you know what? It sucks, and it destroyed everything, just as bad as socialism does. So let's reestablish government being small and a representative republic versus then in charge of everything from soup to nuts that you keep telling me you got to control. Right. And anytime you suggest that, you get accused of, you know, from usually from liberal idiots okay. from you know of of oh, well, you want to do away with consumer protections and you want to do away with, you know, OSHA and you want to do away with child labor. No. You know, no. You know what? That's not mutually exclusive. You got to be able to compartmentalize this stuff. And here's the other thing, you can like each other and argue and disagree. You know who my first yes. argument, you're going to laugh at this. My first argument over Trumponomics versus capitalism, you know who it was with? You're not going to believe it. Tell me. Joe Walsh. That doesn't surprise me at all. That's my first argument. And he took the tremendous side. Now look at how things have changed. Now, I'm not saying he's right. By the way, he's quite wrong when he says vote for Bernie Sanders. But the point is, people understand and want to recognize the flaws in populism. 312-642-5600. we got a short segment, so get it out, baby. No one in Washington is listening. This is the Liberty Hour. Here's your host, Sean Thompson, on AM560, The Answer. You know, McBeth, I am always impressed with Lombardi. He's got like 74 people out Lombardo. there. Lombardo. Lombardo. Yeah, way to go. He's got 74 people out there. I have suits on, suit jackets. 
Well, there, you know, there are still people who have pride in themselves, unlike us. Now that I'm not, uh, um, you, know, you know, they actually have s- some sort of modicum of, of, of you know, self-esteem to preserve. Every, and- every time I see a guy in a sport court, I think, <laughs> may the defendant please rise. I think of my eighth grade math teacher. Do you? Yeah, and he had one of those uh, coat, like baby. professor things with the. It was a gray coat with the tan uh, the patches. Yeah, the the patches on the elbows. Yeah, those patches were popular before Forest Preserve started that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Move to the knees then. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But sure, I, sure, listen, sure, I've sure. had a great two hours, but I bloviated. We had a massive amount of calls. I, enjoyed I even had each somebody every text me telling me that you were bloviating. We had a great time. You tell them, shut up. No. But uh, I, I tell I, you to shut up. We had a lot of clips that I didn't get to. We had two. Right, cool. So we were finishing up the Biden thing, right? So he's in South Carolina, and we just want to. We played the thing earlier with him calling Chris Wallace Chuck. Which is um, great. And him being confused on what show he was Where's on. my and car, Nancy? Making an excuse that it's early in the morning. And we're thinking to ourselves, you know, you and I both had the thought independently. Well, the presidency is kind of a hard job. Like, maybe you shouldn't be <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be out there making excuses for having to do morning TV. Please. Um, but then, you know, he sort of continued and he talked about how uh, he thought he was dead, but he's not. I told you all that you could launch a candidacy. You, you launched Bill Clinton, Barack Obama to the presidency. Now you launched our campaign on the path to defeating Donald Trump. It's almost like watching Tom Steyer dance. This campaign is taking off. Yeah, it's great. So join us. Go to JoeBiden.com. Sign up, <laughs> volunteer, contribute if you can. But we need you. We want Campa. Campa. And there's a place He's having a hard time campaign. finishing words. He is. He's, That's not good. He's stuttering and stumbling, and he's a muttering fool. All but, the Democrats must feel like Jill on a Saturday night just waiting for it to kick in. Now, here's where it gets a little uncomfortable, right? Because we like to joke about these things, but I honestly think he might be having some difficulty speaking. Gee, you think? Well, I mean, really, though. And and so now I, I go, it kind of starts to get sad. Folks, as we celebrate tonight here in Columbia, let me talk directly Columbia. to Democrats across South America, America. Especially those who will be voting on Super Tuesday. This, mo- this is the moment to choose the path forward for our, for, our, for our party. This is the moment, and it's arrived. Maybe sooner than anyone guessed it would, but it's here. And the decisions Democrats make all across America in the next few days will determine what this party stands for, what we believe, and what will get done. The Democrats nominate me... I believe we can beat Donald Trump. What we've got here is failure to communicate. He is just, he loses his place. He says, Democrats, and the crowd's like, yeah? And then he just sort of looks around like, ah, I forgot what I was going to say. If I wasn't aware of the 45 years of of absolute political Uh, crime. You'd feel sorry for him. I'd feel sorry for him. But I am aware. I am aware this is the same guy that leveraged the vice presidency, yeah. and our money to enrich his drug addict, dimwit son. Well, and no one has put a gun to his head and said, you got to run for president. He's putting himself out there in this situation. And, and honestly, um, it's really becoming apparent, not even just, you know, I don't have a suspicion. This is becoming apparent that, that this, this job could kill him. I want to look a Democrat in the eye and tell me how he could sit quietly by and support the outright political corruption that Joe Biden stands for, has implemented, and profited from immensely. And I want to see them tell me it's for the betterment of the country. Because odds are, 
That silly son of a gun has got one of these mystical, magical government swindles going on. Sickening. All right. I agree. Top that. All right. Three, one. <laughs> I have had a great time. We'll talk to you next Sunday. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home. I have to go home.